the State College Football Podcast. Wait a second, guys. Whoever said you had to be good to play football? With Lions Digest Football beat writer, Nathan Grilla. This is incredible. They got the guards in the backfield. They got the center to the right. And, and the quarterback isn't even there. They're standing around, bud. And former freshman football assistant, Nicholas Hoshwalter. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Hello and welcome to the 8th episode of the State College Football Podcast. I'm Nick Hosshalter. And I'm Nathan. And I'm not going to say my last name because every time I say my last name on this podcast, it sounds terrible. So I'm not going to do it. Alright, and you know what? I'll just go ahead and say your last name for you. Grella. There you go. There and it is. At least he Easy said enough. it right. Better yeah. than I have done in the yeah. seven-ish, eight-ish episodes we've done. So, unfortunately, we were going to have Stevie get off on. We were really looking forward to that. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Those of you guys who know Stevie you know he's a pretty, pretty hilarious guy, the kind of guy you'd want to have on a podcast like this. But, unfortunately, something popped up, so he couldn't come on. Um, and this- in his place, I even set up a chair for him, but he didn't show up. In his place is my water bottle. So, Unfortunately, the water bottle is not nearly as animated as Stevie. But he'll try his best. That little water bottle. <laughs> I might make a couple uh, throw-ins here and there. There it is. That is a very insightful opinion. Yeah. Water bottle. Yeah. Uh, starting off here, we got Cumberland Valley at Coatesville. So this is just our uh, weekly review of all the uh, interesting and exciting games from outside of State College. Yep. So. Um, we will go over our picks from last time and see who's right, who's wrong. Mostly we're wrong, like always, but... But Nick know. actually got the first one right, which is the only one he got right, beside the one that we both got right. But 35-19, Coatesville, putting what? down Cumberland Valley, who had a very difficult out-of-conference schedule. And yeah, that's a brutal way to start the season. Yeah, I mean, playing they Coatesville, start off 0-3, man. <laughs> yeah, playing Coatesville this early in the season, that's got to suck. I mean, really. Coatesville is so good. I mean, the mid-pen is really getting their butts kicked by Coatesville a little bit here. <laughs> well, I actually thought Coatesville would whoop them more, but it was a 23-point spread, and they lost by 16, and Nick bet the under, so he gets the point there. Moving on. Uh, it's probably going to be the, not the only time I say moving on. Uh, yeah, Nathan, in case you guys haven't realized this, um, Nathan says moving on a lot. So now that we just have so much to say about well, everything. Now that you podcast. guys know this, now that you guys know this, you'll hear it all the time if you haven't already. So no. just keep that in mind. Moving on. I know you'd say that. I knew it. <laughs> Northeastern was at Mifco. Mifco's, I think this was their their second home game. They played Holidaysburg last week, and they lose again, this time to Northeastern, another team that is not a very good 6A team. But they lost by 2 at home, 21-19. to And the spread was minus 6, and I bet the under. And That's a bold choice. I'll take that win. There's there's not much room for... There's not much wiggle room when the spread is negative 6, and you pick under. I mean, that's pretty impressive, honestly. 
So they got those two points between. That seems like it could be on uh, the Scott Van Pelt show, and maybe coming toward the end of that game, because they had a two two point conversion and they missed. So oh, two could have tied it, gone to overtime, but I ended up getting that one right. Man, huh. Central Dauphin. We thought they were a pretty good team last week. We thought they had the players and the defense to go with just about anyone in 6A, and turns out we were wrong because they well, lost 22-12 to against Mannheim Township. I mean, not necessarily. I, I mean, mean, they bur- beat Burke's Catholic last week. This yeah, is a yeah. big step down. I know I know Burke's Catholics. I mean, that's a, that's a big team, especially when you hold them to the score that they did. Was it was it 7 nothing? Yes. Yeah. So if you hold Burke's Catholic to a scoreless game and that's that's a big deal. But I don't want I didn't I don't want to say that they're bad now. I mean, I still think that's a big accomplishment. Anything can happen. So the fact that they lost to Mannheim, I mean, that's surprising, but I I don't want to say that they're a bad team because of it. Also, I would like to point out that I was closer to the truth in this one because the spread was at negative 10 and I put under and Mannheim Township won. So I, was, I know. <laughs> but I was... It, it, they, Central Dolphin did not win by more than 10. So in kind of a half-technical kind of way, I was almost But right you there. didn't pick Mannheim to win, though. I know, but I did pick Central Dolphin to not score... To not win by more than 10. And in that part, I'm, tr- I'm right. So. It seems like Browns fans trying to tell themselves that they didn't lose this week. Well, they didn't. They didn't win or lose. <laughs> they basically lost. Did you know the Browns, or the city of Cleveland actually, was going to give out free Bud Light to literally everyone in the city if they won a game? So what do they do this week? Did you know that Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger has more wins in Cleveland since, I think, 2007 than anybody else, like any other quarterback? As you can tell, we both watched this game and <laughs> heard everything that uh, the announcers were telling us. Moving on, we got Southwestern at Carlisle. Carlisle was a 25-point favorite against Southwestern, and they won by 28. So me and Nick were both right on this question, and that ends all the winning that we did last I, week. I just, I just got to... Um, Say, I found this little uh, sound effects box. Don't play it, please. I will. Oh no. Okay, so just just as a little congratulations, I have to. You guys got to prepare yourself for this sound effect that I found. Ready? How about that? It's still going. Yeah, it goes way (laughs) too long. But I just have to feel better about myself and you for both picking over. Yeah. So Carlisle. Getting at that 28-point win against some lower opponents. They've been doing that for the last three games. They are 3-0, and they're coming to State College, but we'll talk more about that or less about that later. Yeah, and we know Southwestern, not a very good team. So, we, we yeah, as Nathan said, we'll discuss Carlisle in a bit, but for now... Or we might not. You we're never gonna, know. <laughs> nah, we will. Uh, Berwick, Williamsport. Williamsport trying to overcome that tough loss against Altoona. Turns out their running back, their starting running back, is out for unknown reasons. And they really felt it against Berwick. 
their offense is feeling the burn after losing that guy. They lost 41-17 to against Berwick, and we both said Williamsport would cover the 8-point spread. Turns out we were very wrong, and... Yeah, well, at this point, we didn't know that their running back was out. In fact, we actually didn't find that out until Friday when we were at Holidaysburg, and we were talking to some of the guys on the sideline, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, Williamsport's running back's out. And we're like, what, really? So we might have changed our prediction a little bit if we knew that. So at least we'll see after the next score, but right now... Williamsport dropped out of the top 10 last week. Central Dauphin is going to drop out this week. Um, And we'll see what Central Catholic does as they got beaten 27-3 against North Allegheny. This is a matchup between the 6th and 7th ranked teams in the state. Um, North Allegheny just bringing the boom against a Catholic school. So... North Allegheny might even jump State College at this point. I wouldn't put it past them. And this was also one that I got correct, for your information. I did pick Allegheny. This oh, was a pick what a shame. <laughs> Why did I pick... Uh, okay. North Allegheny, they they came up with a win there. Um, we'll see if they move up in the rankings when Billy Splane releases those top tens. Um... Moving on, we got Cedar Cliff at Harrisburg, and this was a spread of 19 points. And I thought that was a little bit liberal, but turns out that Harrisburg just swamped them 46-13. We both picked the under, because we thought Cedar Cliff was better, but it turns out Harrisburg just has a really good team this year. And the reason they struggled against Coatesville was because Coatesville also had a good team. So Very don't count. Team. So I guess we're a little higher on Harrisburg this week than we than we were last week and lower on Central Dauphin this week than we were last week. They're kind of switching. Yeah. We'll see how the rest of the competition shapes up in the mid-pen. But going into... Th- the mid-pen season in State College. We got our first mid-pen game next week. But well, last mid-pen week... against a 6A team. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Into the game review. We made the trek, the one-hour trek, to Holidaysburg. Ha. Barely. After that game in New Jersey. Yeah. We were, we were able to drive there. And if you can drive and not get home at 2 in the morning, that's a good sign for any game. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that long of a drive uh, for Thankfully, us. Thankfully, it didn't rain. There yeah. <laughs> was, there was a big concern about it raining. Yeah. So our equipment I, was fine. I didn't bring a jacket, so I looked out. <laughs> but we got to stand on the sidelines again. Lots of fun. Just an enjoyable time for everyone, this yeah. game. I mean... A lot of State College fans made the trip. Yeah, our, our I gotta say, it's to our dudes, because... There was some, there was a lot of support out there. I mean, we traveled really well. I mean, it's only an hour away, but we actually got more people than I thought we would. We we put up quite the, quite the spectacle there in their, uh, in their sidelines. So. Yeah, it was a fun game. It was. Uh, there, there was a point in the game where it just ended up like I was just like I just want to go home now, 
Because we came, we saw, we did what we wanted to do. We thought the game would be a little closer, but it's fine either way. Um, ki kicking off was Holidaysburg to start off the game, and we went off immediately and went on a long drive that resulted in a touchdown. 7 nothing stayed high right off the bat. Yeah, um, and uh, go ahead and remind me. Was that was two that yard the, Tommy Freiberg touchdown? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, just can't. They they ran it up with uh, Isaiah Edwards a couple times, and then Tommy Freiberg just stuck it in there, and for yeah, six. Yeah, it was a nice little nice little QB sneak. Good blocking, fast developing. You know, none of this zone read stuff that Penn State likes to do, and they're pinned against their own end zone against Ohio State last year. Just getting the ball in there. Nice and smooth. Yeah. This episode is going to be kind of cut and dry because Holidaysburg, this game was very finished very quickly. Well, let's just say this. The episode is going to be cut and dry because Holidaysburg was cut and dried by us, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, and it... it this episode will also probably be a little shorter because hashtag Carlisle doesn't update their hashtag stats ever. Ooh. And that kind of hurt us researching for the game. But we, we found a little bit here and there, and we'll report as much as we can. But after our long touchdown drive, Holidays Bird got the bird. Blah. What am I saying? Holidays Bird got the bird. <laughs> Holidaysburg got the ball, and they ran one play, and then they fumbled. And Titus Thompson jumped on it, and we got the ball back, and it ended up being another long touchdown drive. But this time, we fumbled on the extra point, and it was 13 nothing about halfway through the first quarter. Yeah, so. and if I'm if I'm, I'm remembering correctly, this time the touchdown was. I want to say like a five or six yard wildcat to Isaiah, right? Yes, that yeah, it was is a, it was correct. A it was a direct snap to Isaiah. Yeah, but it was on the one, so. Oh, okay. Got the yards wrong, but. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of variety there. It's nice to see coaches changing it up a little bit, you know. I mean, both of those plays are stuff that you don't see a ton, even in high school football, you know. You don't see a ton of sneaks or wildcats, so. You know, nice job getting some diverse play calling out there. We kind of had the same game plan as St. Augustine had last week, where instead of going for the big bomb or a big play, we just ground out drives, eating up the clock, especially in the first half, and they just couldn't get any chance to respond, at least in the first half. In the second half, it was just about over. Yeah, I think fundamentally we're not as much of a power team as much of a controlling team as St. Augustine is. So I can't say that we did it better than they did, um, but it was a nice combination of uh, the explosiveness that we saw last week and a little bit more consistency that we would like to see when we're playing teams that don't have quite as tough of a defense. So I think overall the offense was balanced. You know, you saw some nice passing, you saw some nice rushing. Tommy Freiberg got heavily involved. Um, I believe at the half he had somewhere around 150 rushing yards and their entire team had less than 60. So Tommy Freiberg had over twice as many rushing yards as the quarterback as their entire team, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. And yeah. also 
I believe ran 150 passing yards as well. So he was he was really great in this game. I believe he had 161 passing yards. Oh well, there you go. Boom. Exact. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we were up 13 nothing relatively quickly. We kicked off. It, the ball went out of bounds, giving Hodgesburg great field position, and this was really their only successful drive. They were able con- to convert on third down twice, and then. Fourth and goal in their own red zone, or in our red zone. They chucked it to their best receiver, Austin Weakland, and they scored a touchdown. And after that play, State College turned. Because at that time, Hottiesburg, it was getting a little interesting because they you just go down on this drive but to come within six points, and it was looking St. Augustine-ish. Yeah, Nathan turned to me. He's like, oh, look at the score. It's 13-7, you know? <laughs> it's St. Augustine all over again. Uh, uh, thankfully, it, it wasn't. Um, thankfully, we did a lot more damage to them than we did St. Augustine. I was a little curious, like, how many co- or sna- how many snaps have we played with the score 13-7 in the season? And it's probably... It it's, might be close to as many snaps as not, but... But yeah, after I mean, considering 13-7. the fact that almost our entire game last week was played 13-7. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of that happened at the beginning, and then we didn't score until... The score didn't change until, like, 40 seconds left in yeah. the entire game. So, we, we yeah, we played a lot 13-7. So, early second quarter, the score was 13-7, and after this, State College would score 35 unanswered. Oh, yeah. So, so the pass to Heaton Ellis was started off 27. They'd make the extra point. Uh, interception would turn the ball over after the score. Tommy Freiburg would get a tu- another touchdown run, this time a 22-yard rush. Um, yeah, and if you guys want to see the video of that, um, I have it up on my Twitter. It's a good video. The, yep. the quality isn't the best because the lighting quality is really bad at these stadiums unless you have a good camera. But you should check it out. It's a really nice run. I think it shows a lot of his athleticism. And as or um, Kifalo has a total pancake in that. Have you? Did you see that? Yes. It's hard to see. It's he kind of comes out of nowhere, but he somehow he ends up going towards Tommy. So he's he's kind of going the opposite direction as you'd think. And he kind of gets in front of slash behind this uh, this defensive lineman and puts him on the ground. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and Keaton Ellis would score again on the following drive. So just a lot of touchdowns coming in. I don't think we had a drive after the Holidaysburg touchdown where we didn't score a touchdown, at least until the middle of the third quarter. So... Yeah, punt punting was not very common for us during that game. Yeah, did we punt in that game? I don't think we did. I, I thought we did, possibly. We'll look. We'll look over it. Maybe we'll get an answer for you guys later. Uh, we punted with like two minutes left in the game. Yeah. So. You know, Keaton, State Ellis... College goes for it on fourth down a lot. Yeah. So. Well, we don't get a lot of fourth downs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, Keaton Ellis would jump up and make a great grab to make it 34-7. And at this time, it was basically, the game was basically over. Cameron Fru would kick off and a kid would get injured and there would be, and then 
there was like a 30 minute break for the kid but yeah, hopefully this, he's okay this really stretched it out quite a bit it, it's uh it's very disturbing so I mean we haven't heard really any information about him but we wish all the best to you I mean I'm assuming you're not listening to this podcast but <laughs> if you yeah. are we wish all the best to you so Holidaysburg would get the ball back to start off the second half, and they would go on a very long drive where they just ran the same two guys every single play, and our defense had trouble stopping them. It's just, worth it was just that. pounding in every single play, just going five yards, two yards, three yards, four yards, right down the middle. We just couldn't stop them on this one drive, and they ended up getting a six-yard touchdown rush on fourth down again. So both both touchdowns for Holidaysburg came on fourth down, at least until the end. Yeah, and it's worth noting that at this point we did have, you know, the starting defense was not in. So they had been in for much of the game and, you know, obviously need a break, and plus the fact that the score is so high. So it's we're, there's still a bit of a question as to whether we are – incompetent at stopping power rushing. Uh, I don't think we're fully incompetent. Um, I think, first of all, St. Augustine had a fantastic offensive line. And I think that that's just their style. You know, you don't. I don't think there are many defenses in Pennsylvania that could really do much against them, at least more than we did. And the fact that we were able to prevent them from scoring really helped out quite a bit. And then as for Holidaysburg, um, we were able to get a lot of pressure on their quarterback. Our pass rush was great. That's something we saw in St. Augustine last week as well. Um, as for the starting defensive line against the run, I think they did a pretty decent job. Um, Obviously, you're you're missing Titus Thompson. So power rushing might not be an issue if Titus Thompson is in there, especially against Holidaysburg. Holidaysburg against this defensive line, they shouldn't be able to rush it right down the middle. Yeah. And they they couldn't do that consistently, but at times they would stretch drives just because of that. They figured out our weakness, at least in this game. So hopefully Titus Thompson can come back soon. Um especially as we near some of the tougher games at the end of the year. Yeah, the next two aren't shouldn't be too difficult. Um, Carlisle and then Chambersburg. Both of those games, both of those teams are relatively weak, at least compared to what we've seen this year and last year. But you never know. And after that, things are going to get serious. So. Yeah. So, on this drive, Brady Walters ended up converting a six-yard touchdown on fourth and goal. And... Momentum kind of looked like it was shifting. Uh, State College did a great job tonight of changing momentum quickly. Yeah. Or not tonight. Last Friday. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, Drayson Green returns uh, like a 100-yard punt or a kick for a touchdown right after they score. And that seals the deal. Game over. 41-14. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I even cheered for that because I was just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and, of course, both teams would score again, but, um, you know, it, at that point you knew that there wasn't com- there was no coming back. Let's just put it that way. So after Drayson Green returned at 100 yards, uh, we would immediately get the ball back. Sammy Knipe 
took advantage of an underthrown ball, intercepted it, and we had the ball again, and then Isaiah Edwards would get a nine-yard touchdown rush to make it 49-14, and the third quarter wasn't even over yet, and we're starting to put in the backups, and this is about where we can call it, because Holidaysburg didn't really stand a chance after the return touchdown, yeah, and, and this, this was, was just, just a nail in the cake. coffin. <laughs> we both used different uh, analogies at the same time. That's how it goes. <laughs> it's the nail in the coffin for Holidaysburg and the icing on the cake for State College. <laughs> and since this is the State College Football Podcast, then I think we should use my analogy. I'm joking. It Wait, what? <laughs> okay, so look, from Holidaysburg's perspective, it's the nail in the coffin, right? Yeah? Yeah. From State College's perspective, it's the icing on the cake. But since this is the State College Football Podcast, then, in sort of a joking manner, I was saying that my analogy is better. But it's not really. I'm just messing around. It doesn't matter. Vote if my analogy is better. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> icing on a cake is when you get something and then you get something extra on top of it. Exactly. But a nail in the coffin is when you're like fighting someone and then it's just that. Like, yeah, final but don't you think punch. that Drayson Green's kickoff return for a touchdown? See, we got the win already, but when we got that, it was like even better, right? Because it was something cool and exciting and interesting, like a special teams touchdown. What are we talking about? <laughs> hey, I like it. All right, moving on. Just nice one. Moving right along. <laughs> we okay. So this game was not that difficult. I don't think I. Th I think some of the players' attitudes might reflect that at certain points in the game. But yeah, unfortunately. This this game was. It, it was almost like they saw the tape, they saw they were going to win, and then just went in and did it and had fun doing it. And it was great because our band was there and we brought so many fans and took over their stadium. Yeah, it so, was a lot of fun. And there was even a nice little battle of the bands at the end. That was fun. I'd, I've never stayed after that long, so I don't know. Is that like something they always do where they just go out and battle dance with the bands. Or... I, I don't think so, but it was cool. Yeah, it, it was cool. So, we got a trophy at the end, got interviewed by a couple people. Yeah, I have some nice pictures of that. I'll post them on Twitter later this week. I was kind of disappointed because they were playing the alma mater before the, <laughs> they were done interviewing, so the players didn't get to sing the alma mater, but I'm sure they will have plenty of chances Especially yeah. in the next two weeks coming That's up. That's true, yeah. So. They actually they ended up getting interviewed by two TV stations, I believe, right? Yeah, NBC and WHVL. Yeah. So. Key players on offense and the defense. Quarterback Tommy Freiberg was electric. He oh, led the team in rushing yards and passing yards. Um, he was all over the field. He's a one-man show with a ton of weapons. Yeah, it was really fun to watch, I gotta say. Yeah. I mean, he just looked fantastic. Standout on the receiving core. At least a surprise for me was Drayson Green. He was making guys miss left and right, especially on the 100-yard touchdown. So, that was fun. 
moving yeah. on. <laughs> and really, as we've said so many times, we have enough talent that everyone contributed really well. And I, I know we said this in the pregame. We just had so many weapons to spread around, um, so many good receivers. I mean, you know, you have Keaton and Cohen and Brady Dorner and Jason Green and all these guys. It's really difficult to stop us. And we had a nice diversity. We had it, like Nathan said earlier, we had a nice balance, whether that's between rushing and throwing the ball, or between throwing to different people, trying different plays, having different looks, you know, different defensive schemes. It was really, it was a big, it was a big picture kind of game, you know? We yeah. really diversified, I felt. Well, Holidaysburg's defense is really not that great. Yeah. So when you have weapons on the outside and on the inside and your quarterback is dual threat and your offensive line is very above decent as our offensive line is you can do so much against the average or below average defense you can you can basically run Isaiah Edwards pound the ball down the middle when they start to bring in the safety to cover for him you just throw it to Keaton Ellis on a screen pass or make him go deep and it it's an instant it's an instant like matchup deficiency. Yeah. Where whoever Keaton Ellis is being covered by, he can just jump over anyone, really. So, it's it's just weapons everywhere. You and then if they start to cover Keaton Ellis with two guys, just run Tommy Freiburg on a read option. Yeah. So, or throw it to Isaiah out of the backfield. Or I mean, there's so many options. Yeah. It's very. It's a simple strategy unless we run into a much tougher defense, which we might run into, yeah, especially think, in the playoffs. Yeah, and even with Central Dolphin, I think Central Dolphin still is a great defense. Even even if they lost to Mannheim Township, I think what they did to Burke's Catholic was such a big statement. You know. Yeah. Well, we'll see. That game is after a couple tough ones. Um, we got two basically pretty easier games coming up, but let's we'll see how it goes. Um, offensive line I thought played well. We got to see Logan Lieb in there toward the end, and he played pretty well as well. Um, we were not completely a hundred percent sure if James Pone would play, but he did. He did, and he did and great. And Shane Cole also played too, so. You saw a lot of Shane Cole had a really good block on the punt at the end of the game. Yeah. Way to go, dude. (laughs) On the defensive line, we kind of talked about this. Titus Thompson didn't play, but they filled in Jeremy Thompson, and I didn't. There wasn't a huge difference until they stuffed it down the middle and were able to create some drives. Um, I was kind of surprised we didn't see Zach Betts as much as. I thought we would. Yeah. Um, Kevin Kurzinger might have cemented a starting job that game. He was really, really good. Got a couple sacks. So. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a standout player. And we also, you know, we had good play from the second team as well. And, you know, people that weren't starting. Uh, Matt Crow had a really nice pass block. Michael McShay had most of the tackles in the fourth quarter. So. That's something you want to see, especially when we were questioning the linebacker depth at the beginning of the year. So, 
actually about those linebackers. Tyson Brennan also had himself a game. He just keeps getting all those tackles. Um, Mike Maniac was injured, so we didn't get to see him. Maniac? But Colin Hulbert was coming off an injury, and he played like his hair was on fire because his hair looks like it's on fire. Good one. Yes. Also, Michael McShay is not a linebacker. He played linebacker. Did he really? Yeah. I thought he was a corner. No. What? He might be like a nickel. Yeah, that would make more sense. Nickels are linebackers. Kind of, yeah. I, hey, I have a picture of him lining up on the outside, so I don't know what you're talking about. Sam Knight got an interception. He was also really good. He, he was average against St. Augustine, so it was great to see him step up his game against Holidaysburg. Uh, Tom Buha was pretty good as well. We got to see Conrad Moore in the secondary late, and he played well as well. As well. Well as well as well. And, yeah, so, defensive secondary was really a threat. Um, they didn't even really test a college for most of the game. Yeah. So, they I mean, they only targeted of... Austin Weekland, who is might be their best weapon, like, ten times. So Yeah, Holidaysburg's definitely a rush-first team. And they actually have a very good offensive line. Um, I know we talked about that before in the last episode. That there was a little bit of concern about whether we were able to get penetration on their offensive line against the rush game. But we were. So kind of put them away pretty quick with that. Yep. <laughs> Got. Yeah. I think the linebackers were able to create a little bit more penetration against the running backs blocking. Um, yeah. That was really a key note. Tyson Brennan and Colin Hulbert were living in the backfield, and that's something you really want to see because we didn't really see that the previous two games. Yeah, that's, so, that's very true. I mean, even against Mifflin County, but especially against St. Augustine, I mean, we really had a lot of trouble creating penetration um, on the run game. You know, not so much on the pass game. We did get it. I think we had three sacks against St. Augustine, but... Um, Especially in the in the running game, it was it was pretty difficult. But that that seems to have been uh, remedy at least for one week against a slightly weaker opponent. So yeah, I guess my one takeaway from this game, just moving on. Uh, yeah, my one takeaway from this game is that I saw a a swagger from this team that I really hadn't seen the past two games, and that was encouraging to see because this is a rivalry game. At least it is for me. Um, so it was nice to see us kind of run up the score a little bit um, toward the end there. But the, the players were having fun. Um, I It's more fun when you enjoy winning than, yeah. than just not enjoying winning. I don't know when you would not enjoy winning, but... I'll tell you, last week I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. It's an amazing <laughs> game. And honestly, that was a better football game. That was a more satisfying win for me, because it was harder, it was, it was you know, tough football, but hey, the win this week was definitely more convincing than last week. Yeah. Holidaysburg has a good team. They're definitely going to contend in 5A. They just don't have the 
talent, at least right now, to compete with a state college, a 6A team that's fifth or fourth in the state. Yeah. So, they, they just, if they played, like, I know they played Mifflin County last week, but that's a perfect example. They can beat the lower or middle 5 or 6A teams, but when they play upper 6A teams, they're going to struggle because they just don't have those weapons that we do because we're a bigger school, I guess. So Yeah. That That's just the problem you have when you go down the ladder. Like, if we played some 1A team, it would just be a blowout because they just don't have the talent pool that we do. Yeah, and it's the same reason why Nathan and I both agree from way back in previous episodes that public and private schools should have different playoffs. And if public what? and private... <laughs> Yeah, you remember when we were talking about that? Yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with... Well, they have a bigger talent pool. Oh, yeah, sure. Because they can recruit, so it's the same issue. And I think if if they did have a different playoff, then we'd be right there at the top. But that kind of... I don't know if we'd be number one, but we'd be really close. That kind of opens up a whole can of worms, too, where it's like, how do you classify... How do you classify Catholic schools and private schools based on their size? Because they're always going to be smaller. And even if they are bigger, they're just... they. It's weird. I don't know. <laughs> because yeah, if, if you're smaller, but you're playing schools the same size as you, say you're a Catholic school and you're 1A because you have a small school, but you're uh-huh. playing other 1A teams, but your talent pool is better yeah. than a 6A team. Yeah. So would you classify them as 6A or 1A? Would you have them play? That's why people are like, oh, Central Dolphin beat Burke's Catholic. It's kind of not a surprise because Burke's Catholic is a 4A and Central Dolphin is a 6A. But um, Burke's Catholic can recruit players while Central Dauphin can't. So, wouldn't yeah, that this make is why, Burks Catholic... This is why they should just have separate playoffs. Yes. That's the point. <laughs> because when they don't, it gets really hard to find balanced solutions. Alright. Moving, Moving on. on. <laughs> we got... Car- we got Carlisle this week. Um, I forget what theme night it is, but they're all kind of... Eh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do the theme night, but do it with the frown on your face. That's what I do. Um, We play Carlisle. We beat this team pretty, pretty bad last year. We beat them pretty bad the year before. I'm going to guess we beat them pretty bad the year before that. They're 3-0 against a lot of weaker opponents. Yeah, I mean, their their game last week is a perfect example. Um, They... I don't want to say blew out, but they had a convincing win against Southwestern. But as we've discussed before on the podcast, Southwestern is certainly not the apex of talent in high school football. Yeah. And uh, Carlisle certainly isn't either. So it's going to be interesting because we're not entirely sure what to expect. We don't think they're going to be great just because, you know, if history repeats itself. But they have been doing... They've had some scores that you would expect from more talented teams against lower uh, pools of... Week one, they had a 70-point win, and I was like, okay, 
but who did you play? <laughs> yeah. So, then the next week, they only scored six points against the team, and now they played 35 points. They had 35 points. Yeah, it's just weird. It's it's really weird. Carlisle is going to be interesting. Let, I still I still wouldn't be worried about it, but it's definitely going to be interesting. I'm really not worried about this game, just because we beat them so bad last year, and it's not like their talent pool is shifting. So yeah, and they're not returning a lot of starters either. And so, I feel better about it even after this game, the Holidaysburg game. That's what I mean by that. Yeah. I think all sides of our game showed improvement. And I don't think that's just because we were playing an objectively worse team than St. Augustine. I think it's I think there's definitely improvement, you know. That's what you want to see. Yeah. Carlisle and Chambersburg, they're both three and L, but they're playing weaker opponents. So, we can't discount their wins, but we kind of can. <laughs> so, yeah. It, like, State College didn't go out and play Southwestern. They went out and played in New Jersey and won. So, yeah. what would happen if St. Augustine played Southwestern, I guess would be the question. But Carlisle's got some key returners. They, Curtis Ravenel, who led the team in receptions last year and yards last year, uh, returns as a wide receiver. Cole Walliver is not... To, they lost their quarterback last year, but Cole Walliver returns and won the starting job in camp. Um, he'll start at quarterback. Tristan Sulich is their do-it-all running back. These are the three guys that I think you got to look out for. Their offensive line only returns two starters, Jaden Mutter and Robert Angel. Um, uh, yeah, that's going to be something to look out for, yeah. is our defensive line, how much damage will they be able to do against such an inexperienced Carlisle line? Because, you know, we talked about how for, uh, excuse me, for Hollisburg, a strength of their team is definitely their offensive line, and we were able to get great penetration really consistently throughout the entire game. What can we do against this team? That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I think a huge mismatch in this game is our offense against their defense because we scored 70 points on them last year and they're they only have one key to returner really which is Dylan White. Oh wait, no. Jaden Motter, who's a linebacker. Not Dylan White. Dylan White's a kicker. <laughs> but and Caleb Bridgewine, who's a defensive back. But we're gonna we scored seventy points on them last year, and they only have a couple key returners from that defense. And our offense got. If you were to compare this offense with last year's offense, I'd say this is miles ahead of our last year's offense was. And this team can score points on big plays. They can go for drives. They can test out the defense, maybe on purpose. So yeah. I, I don't know if I'd say miles ahead, but, I mean, last year, you know, we lost Brandon Clark and some key offensive linemen. But, yeah, this is an amazing offense. If you guys haven't gotten that from listening to this podcast or watching the games, then I don't know what you're looking at because they are really good. Yeah, there's just not a weakness to this offense, at least right now, that we can see. 
because um, we guys that we got guys that can run it all up the middle. We got guys for jet sweeps. We got guys for long bombs. We got that Brady Dorner total surprise ends up be leading the team in receptions. So, is he really right now? Yes. Wow. So, and he's great yeah. for those intermediate, you know, first and ten kind of passes. You know, not so much, you know, the West Coast style, you know, short little cross routes and stuff like that, or the long bombs to Keaton. But he's a really great middle ground for the team. Something I've noticed at least. Yeah, and we got good H backs who are good blockers. I kind of wish we could see him in the past game, but that's just me sometimes. But yeah, I I agree. I I do. So Jeremy Bullock yeah. did have a couple targets against Holidaysburg. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. He got a couple here and there. I I love to see him just go right down the middle of the field. But again, Holidaysburg and every team we've played so far this year has had great linebackers. This team doesn't look like that team. So hopefully we can see some tight ends get in here and there. Uh Let's do the prediction for this game. <laughs> All right. Um, hmm. Do you have your score? I put a spread at State College favored by 31. Wow. Ah, uh, geez, that's hard. Because I, I feel like I could easily... I feel like if I were to guess, I'd go right around a win by 30. So I'm kind of split on this. Um... You know what? Uh, I'm going to go over. I am going to go over as well. But we'll, we'll see here. Obviously, Carlisle has three wins. and But they haven't really proved themselves so far. So we'll see how this game turns out. I think it's going to be a little, a little bit easier. If you're a student, have a fun time. Enjoy this game. Enjoy next week's game. And... We'll pick it up against Central Dolphin East in two weeks. But moving on, hopefully, <laughs> to clo closing out this game preview, uh, we'll do some other picks against the spread. Mifflin County going at Northern New York. Oh, and also, <laughs> important oh clarification, um, the, these spreads are not for betting purposes. We're not trying to do anything <laughs> illegal and bet against sports, uh, high school sports. This is basically us coming up with what sounds like a reasonable score, trying to look at the stats. And so um, these are just our predictions. These are not gambling in any way. It's it's just us kind of messing around, trying to have some fun with it. So. so Mifflin County going at Northern York. Five points is spread for Northern York, even though Northern York is third. They're okay. They have two wins, but they really struggled in their loss. Mifflin County just can't catch a break. They're, they've played three pretty, uh, pretty good teams. So, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. He's gonna go under. He's going to do what I did last week. For, I, I want to see Mifflin County for Mifflin County do something impressive. I am going to go under and win. Ooh, wow. That's that's bold. I'm all on the Huskies train right now. I bet I bet with them last week, so 
I just got to go with them and, this week. And by bet, you mean predicted. I bet predict. Pre- I predicted. Look, we don't want to get shut down because we're making a joke about betting on high school football. We don't actually, I promise. All right, Cumberland Valley tries to get back in the win column. Um, they are favored by eight against Cumberland Valley, who played a brutal um, out-of-conference schedule. We still don't really know how good Cumberland Valley is right now because of that brutal schedule. Central Dauphin is at home, and, of course, they have that amazing defense. Um, I guess the question is, at least for me, can Cumberland Valley score more than a touchdown? Yeah. Yeah. Um, For that reason, I, I think I'm going to go with over for Central Dauphin. I think they're going to win by more than eight. Ooh. I still don't know what to pick for this one. Because Central Dolphins' defense is so good. But I think their offense leaves something to be desired. 12 points this week. 7 points that week. So, I'm going to go the under. Alright. Making things interesting. Chambersburg continues their schedule... But this time they kick off into the mid-pen 6A play as they play Altoona. Altoona coming off another win. This, uh, I forget who they beat. They beat a not very good team, but out of conference, of course. But they're favored by 17. They beat Holidaysburg. No, they lost to Holidaysburg. They beat Williamsport. Without the running back. So. Yeah. But still, as we've said many times, extremely impressive win. Even though Holidaysburg, or, jeez. Even though Williamsport is looking worse and worse. Altoona, therefore, is looking better and better. Yeah. So, they're favored by a substantial margin against Chambersburg, who went 0-10 last year. For me, I'm going to say that for Altoona... The Holidaysburg game was just a mistake. It was just they're they're a little rusty coming off the off season, and then they come out against because Williamsport. It's not a one man band. You don't get ranked fifth in the state as a one man band. Yeah. So it, Altoona does have a good team this year. I'm gonna bet. So, and I think Chambersburg does not have a good team. So I'm gonna go way over on this game. Way over. All right, I'm you gonna, can just write over there. <laughs> I'm going to clarify way over, just in case. And I am going to go under, because I'm still not complete... Well, let's just put it this way. Even though Altoona... I just said that Altoona is looking better and better, and even though I just said that Chambersburg had no intense season last year, I think that you can learn a lot from an 0-10 season, and Chambersburg hasn't looked nearly as bad this year as they have last year. Um, I don't expect them to be fantastic, but I think that they can get within 17 of Altoona. So, Moving on, we got Cedar Cliff, who just got absolutely swamped by Harrisburg at Holidaysburg, who may or may not have gotten swamped by a team we cover. Holidaysburg is favored by eight. Spoiler um, alert, Holidaysburg did get swamped. Yeah. This is a spoiler alert that comes after 
all of the information where we just talked about the game. So, but that's a little okay. late, but... <laughs> so, Holidaysburg continues at home, but Cedar Cliff, I don't think, is a terrible team. They just met a really, really good Harrisburg team. Yeah. I... The, the spread is Holidaysburg favored by eight. I think Holidaysburg has the right game plan to beat teams of lesser... I'm just going to go with what I said earlier. Cedar Cliff is an average 6A team. So, we're... I'm going to say Holidaysburg goes over just because they do the same thing St. Augustine does. They pound the ball. They they get the plays. They they continue drives. So, I'm going to say Holidaysburg with the over. I, I have to agree with you on this. Um, I, even though we beat them so badly, I think they had the right idea. Um, they had a lot of turnovers. I think if they didn't have so many turnovers, it could have been a different score at half. I, I still don't think that they would have come close to beating us, but I think it would have been a heck of a lot closer than it was. And because of that, I think that they could they could get over that tough loss last week and come out and put a showing on Cedar Cliff. Uh, lastly, we have Central Dauphin East at Harrisburg. And for that one, we have Harrisburg favored by 18 points. Central um, Dolphin East lost last week, and it was a tough one. Harrisburg, on the other hand, crushed Cedar Cliff. Harrisburg is red hot, favored by 18. It's a rivalry. I'm definitely taking Harrisburg with the over on this one. This just seems like it's on a Saturday morning for Central Dolphin East. Yeah. It's not good conditions for them. I, I, there's no way I could go with Central Dolphin East. They're so unproven right now, and they really struggled in their last loss. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Harrisburg put up a great show last week, and I think they can carry that momentum into a team that is not dazzling, to say the least. Um, I don't think that should be too much of a problem for Harrisburg to handle them by more than 18. I don't think it'll be much more than 18. You know, maybe three touchdowns. or, But I, I don't think it's going to be a close game. So. Alright, that concludes our picks against the spread for this week. There weren't as many games this week just because mid-pan uh, conference games are starting up, so... Teams we usually bet for or pick for are playing the other teams we bet for and pick for. So, just a, li- a little bit less. Obviously, this is kind of a restrained podcast right now, at least for this week. Um, but yeah, we'll move into hashtag predictions. 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 What are we predicting? I gotta say, I've waited all week to hear that. <laughs> so, I guess I'll start you know, off. I gotta say one thing. Somehow, even though I know we're doing this, I always forget to think of a prediction before we actually come on. Yeah, and me I'll too. And put on the spot every time. <laughs> I'm actually starting off about to say my prediction, and I still don't have one. Um. Hmm. Gotta think of this one. 
You know what? I have one. I think Williamsport is going to continue on their downhill slide until they get their running back back. That's not too much of a bold prediction, but hey, it doesn't have to be. I think it's a good prediction. And we don't know what the problem is. We don't know if it's um, you know, a health issue or a discipline issue or what, but I've seen enough of them without him and enough of them with him that we can say that he has a massive influence on their team. So I don't think they're going to be going anywhere. They're probably going to win a couple games just because, like Nathan said, if you get to number five, it's not just a one-man band. But I don't think they're ever going to get up to the height that they were before they lost him, and possibly even if they get him back late in the season. So that's my prediction. All right. Last week I predicted that St. Augustine would win out uh, at least in the regular season, and they won 30-6 to against Lenape, so I, there's still a chance there. My prediction is that North Allegheny will jump us in the standings. I think that's a very fair prediction. I don't like it, but I think it's fair. I ac- actually think that's going to happen. Like, actually. Well, so, hey, it's a prediction. I mean, they, should they think played- it's going to happen. They played a pretty tough team last week, and they beat them 27-3. So, that'll just about finish us off before I would like to ask our honorary member, Water Bolly the Water Bottle, what his favorite meat is and potatoes. Okay, um, I can't say I agree with you on that, but that's a respectable choice. And uh, what's your favorite potatoes? Now that I like that, I like that. I think that that's a good choice. I don't usually put ketchup on it though. No, no, that that's that's a little weird. But yeah, yeah I, I like those spices. I like that crispiness. That's that's good. That's good. All right. So um, <laughs> let's give a nice little round of applause for our guest star today. Thanks for being on. You made a lot of great points in the dead spaces. Oh, well, I like you too. All <laughs> right. <laughs> I apologize for that. That was a little rough. But in any case, um, if you guys want to get updates on the games, I know I had one person come up to me in school today. I was like, hey, you know, I really appreciate you, you know, sending out tweets for the games because I can't usually watch them and it's very helpful. I was a football player, just a fan. So if you guys want to be like that guy, if you're like, man, I don't have time to just sit down and watch a whole game or listen to it on the radio or pay money for gas drive to Hollisburg and buy a ticket, just follow me at NickHoss75. I'll send out videos of touchdowns if I can get them. I'll send out updates, big plays, all that stuff. And you, if you want to get great articles and posts on the podcast and stuff like that and retweets about Virginia Tech football, then follow me. And if you want to get in touch with us, email me, NathanGrella at gmail.com. If you can't spell Grella, it's G-R-E-L-L-A. How or- do you spell Hosshalter? Uh, you don't have to know how to spell Hosshalter. You can just email me at nickhoss75, and that, of course, is German, so it's H-A-U-S, not H-O-S-S. So nickhoss75 at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you want to make a comment about the green shirt kid, which we reference every week, but unfortunately don't have any news about, and if you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to our first episode. It's awesome. Uh, if you want to help out with us, send us an email. If you have questions, if you have comments. If you're a player and you want to be a guest star like Water, bo- water Bottle Lee, the Water Bottle, 
Yeah, um, we'll, if you email us, if you're a player and you email us and you want to be on, chances are we'll bring you. Um, it's we're, we're pretty chill with all this kind of stuff. We're flexible, so, you know, we're open to all kinds of stuff. If you want to be a third member in our team also, because we need some extra help, but we'll save that for later. <laughs> yeah. So... Just wrapping up here, you can check out our website if you're listening to CastBox or Apple Podcasts. In the description is a link to our website. You can use it to check out all of those stats that do not exist for Carlisle. But you can check out the roster instead. You can check out the stats for every other team but Carlisle. Thanks, Carlisle. (laughs) And see articles and we post podcasts there we'll probably post pictures there just all kinds of different stuff yep uh you can go follow westernpafootball.net for other stuff like photo galleries or like us on facebook you'll see all of the photos and facebook um just search up state high pod in facebook also i made the announcement uh via twitter but um every time i take a picture of somebody that's featured in a game in one of my photos I will try to email you access to it as soon as I update the folder. Um, If you would like access to the folder and you are not already added, or I will not add you because you're not in one of the photos, go ahead and send me a message on Twitter or email me. I will try to get you in there. And I'm going to try to get pictures of as many people as possible throughout the season. Um, You know, starters, non-starters, JV, coaches, all kinds of stuff. We got one of the water boy. We got one of the ball boy. So really, I mean, if you're part of State College Football, we want to feature you at some point. So send us a message. We'd love to capture that moment. And uh, with that said, this has been the State College Football Podcast. I'm Nick Hossalter. And I'm Nathan Grella signing off. Go Little Lions. Bye, 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 bye.